We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and you should, I want to invite your attention to Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1. The word of the Lord reads, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord? And was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Would you pray with me on this morning? Father, we bow once again to solicit your power and your presence in the preaching of the word. Lord, I am in need of you that the words of my mouth and the meditations that are on my heart might be proclaimed clearly in this place and clearly amongst the airways. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying even now that as I declare the word of God, that it would speak to the hearts and the minds of men, women, boys, and girls. And if any don't don't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that today would be the day, God, that they would say, what must I do to be saved? I pray, eternal God, that your word would come alive today. In the lives and the hearts of the hearers, God, that they might hear clearly from you. They may know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is none better than you. And so, eternal God, use me now as I surrender myself a vessel in your hand. Accomplish your holy and divine will. Speak through these lips of clay. Allow my mind to be clear. Allow my thoughts to be clear. My lips, Lord, to articulate the very oracle of God. 
God, when it's all said and done, we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise that you are worthy of. It is in Jesus' name that we pray with thanksgiving and expectation of what you shall do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This book of Hebrews, uh, as we delve into it, and we've been actually studying through it in our Bible study on Wednesday night. But this book of Hebrews is written for the purpose of assuring the Jewish Christians that Christ was better than the Old Testament law and any of the components that they had held so dearly to. Uh, the author wants to clearly articulate that Christ is superior to it all. He has fulfilled the law that they were accustomed to pursuing, but in his flesh, he actually fulfilled the law itself. For there was no need for them to go back to Judaism after having come to Christ, rather that they would hold on to the new covenant and the new gospel of grace that had been brought to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. In this first warning here in chapter 2, verse 1, uh, to them and as well to us, the author warns against drifting unless we face more severe consequences. He, in essence, says if the consequences of the law which was brought to you by angels prove to have severe consequences, if we drift away, if we neglect this great new covenant from this new gospel that has been brought to us by one far superior than the angels, then how much more severe will our judgment or consequences be? I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, don't drift. I believe that we are living in a season right now where many have already began to drift. I believe that right now, uh, those who haven't already drifted are considering drifting. I believe that we're living in a, a time right now, nine months into a pandemic and then nine months into having to log in on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon to tune in to our pastors and our Bible studies. I believe as we have tuned in to CNN and Dr. Fauci has become our new mouthpiece, already began to drift from a gospel that was preached to us, that was embraced by us, that was taken in by us and already drifting away, letting the word of God slip away from our hearts and from our minds and from our practices. We are in danger of drifting. Can I talk just for a little moment here? I, I like to go fishing and a long time ago before they had all the sophisticated systems on the boat where now you got depth finders and fish finders and all that stuff on the boat. Back in the day before we had all of that, uh, we would go out on the boat and my dad would, would try to find a familiar kind of place where normally fish would be biting. And so we would kind of start out there. And, you know, because you're on the sea and we didn't have the exact coordinates, what we would do is kind of just kind of generally get in the, in the area where we thought the last time we were and we caught plenty of fish. And so what would happen is before he would set down the anchor, he would say, we just going to drift a little while. 
until we can get to the place where the fish start biting. And so when we finally start hitting the fish, my father would cry out, throw out the anchor. In other words, we found the place where we can gain and garner some substance so we can feed the family so we can enjoy the trip. In other words, what I'm trying to say is once you found a gospel that feeds you and sustains you, it's time to throw down anchor. It's not drifting time. Right now, we are in a season where because things have gotten unusual, and we've drawn close to and some already practicing drifting and letting uh, this gospel message slide away from us. And, and this gospel that was so great that brought us salvation, we've allowed it to, to slip away to all kinds of other things. I want to encourage you on this morning not to drift from the power and the truth of the gospel because it comes through a credible, highly credible source. In other words, if I can say it, the way the author here in Hebrews is laying it out is that for you, those who are under Judaism and who want to go back to Judaism, when you were in Judaism, you practiced the law with all of your heart and mind and soul. and You did the best that you could and you believed in this message of the law that was brought by the word of the angel. And so what he then does is he says, well, if that was powerful and if that was worth holding on to, then the gospel of grace is far more worthy of hanging on to and setting anchor in because the source, this new covenant, this grace gospel comes through one who is far superior than the angels. He begins uh, in chapter 1, verse 1, and he had already told us in chapter 2, verse 1, we need to give more earnest heed to the things that we've heard lest we drift away. The therefore in verse 2 Chapter 2, verse 1 lets us know that we need to find out what the therefore is therefore, which takes me all the way back to chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. I find out that this superior source through which the gospel came is he who is the expressed image of God. The text says that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in past to our fathers through the prophets in these last days, has spoken to us by his son. So in other words, we have now a word delivered to us by the son himself. I'm going to try to walk through this as easily and as succinctly as I can without being here all day. Uh, but what he wants you to understand is that the message of the gospel that we should be clinging to on today, that God himself says that he is an appointed heir of all things. The only one that has authority and ownership of all things is God. And here God says, I've given to my son all things. And so all things belong and are under his authority. Uh, if I were trying to prove a theological point, which ultimately this text will prove, uh, Jesus is in essence being declared equal with God. He moves on in the text and he says, this Jesus, he's the one who has spoken this word in him and through him. 
whom also he made the worlds. And so uh, I need you to understand that the gospel message we have, this message that we not drift from, this, this word and this covenant comes from one who made the worlds. Well, if we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, we find out that in the beginning God uh, created the heavens and the earth. And so what the text writer of Hebrews is letting us know that Jesus is the God who created the world. He was the one who was in the beginning. And he's only beginning his dialogue here, his proof point. He says we need to give heed to this message that is spoken by the one who created the worlds. We ought not drift from a message from the one who sent to us the message from the one who created the worlds himself. Watch this. Being the brightness of his glory. As we articulate and try to build on the, the, the preeminence and the superiority of Christ, the text writer says that without Christ, God's glory would have no brightness. <laughs> now, um, if you think about that with me for a moment, um, what that really literally means is that there's no separation between God the Father and God the Son who sent the message. The gospel message, covenant message that we need not drift from comes from one who is in essence being declared the equality with God. And without him there's no brightness in God's glory. And so we know there's the inseparability and the one who saved and delivered us all by himself. It says, uh, who will be in the brightness of the glory of his image, his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. His word is what holds all things together. If his word is so powerful that it holds everything together, why would we drift from it in a time like this? In a time when pandemic is spreading, when poverty is spreading, when hunger is spreading, when darkness is covering, covering the land, why would I want to drift from a word that was brought to me by the one whose words have power enough to hold all things together. And when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of God. Everything that is being held together is being held together by his word. You need to understand that even the fact that you have not been wiped out to right now, is a direct result that God's word is holding you up. If you want to understand how you're still standing, how you're still surviving, why haven't I lost my natural mind? Well, it's because his word is keeping your mind and he's the one that's keeping us together. Why would I abandon from a message of a God who is doing all that on my behalf? Don't drift, my sister. That's what I'm trying to encourage us because he is the expressed image of God. He who is the one who purged all of our sin away by himself. He espunged all of our guiltiness. He took our criminal record and cast it as far as the east is from the west as a means of completing a message and a doctrine and a practice that would bring you and me out of darkness. So why would you ever want to drift from him?
Don't drift from this message, from this covenant. Don't drift from this superior God, Jesus, who is greater than the angels. No need in going backwards to the Old Testament and to the law when you have a messenger who brings a message and a gospel and a salvation which no one else has and can compare to. But secondly, it helps us to understand that he is the earned heir of a greater name. Look at verse number four. It says, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Listen, Jesus who introduced and fulfilled the salvation that we now have, He is the one who earned through his obedience of fulfilling the law on our behalf. His name is greater than any name of any angel. And to not one of the angels did God ever say, come here. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. This whole idea of the word begotten means you came forth out of me. It is at his name that Philippians chapter 2 lets us know that at that name every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. That brought me from sin to salvation and the author here says don't go back to what cannot save. It is for all those who believe in that name that salvation has come. And so the author says, look, don't drift because the one who brought this message is greater than the one who brought the message of the law. Don't drift because the author of this message, his name is the one that the angels have to bow down and worship. Look at verse number six. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let the angels of God worship him. And so, let me throw this out for my angel worshiper because this is a great text on angelology. For those who would desire to worship angels, why would you worship angels when there is a Christ who's higher than the angels? If the angels have to worship at his name, then perhaps you've come a little short if you're just worshiping angels. And so the idea here is that Christ is far superior than the angels. Of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits? And so it is this Christ who brought us this salvation. It is this Christ who brought us redemption. And so he pushes the point here in the text that Jesus is far superior than any of the angels. He encourages them, don't drift from this gospel. For even as you confess with your mouth and believed in your heart, you believed by the name of Jesus. In him we have what we need to make it through this pandemic. In him we have what we need to get up tomorrow and still have hope. Because in him there is victory. In him there is superiority to every other. So don't drift, my brother, don't drift. Finally, finally, and I'll be out of your way. uh, Not only is he uh, the express image of God and he is the earned heir of a greater name but finally he is the eternal and immutable victor as we keep reading in this text it says but to the son he says 
Your throne, O God, is forever. The one who accomplished salvation for you and for me by grace through faith and who purged away all of our sins all by himself and who loved you and connected you to God the Father, his throne is forever. In other words, I want you to not drift from him because he is stable. He's a place where you can anchor. He a fixed uh, entity, if I can say it that way. He, he always will be the reigning and ruling God. Verse 9 says, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, uh, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions because he has, this Jesus, um, the one who uh, wrought our salvation, the one who delivered us from sin. Don't drift from his word, from his gospel, because he is not only the one who is eternal on the throne, he is the one who is the victor uh, of all the, the warfares that shall ever be accomplished. That's why God has anointed him with the oil of gladness because when it came to the warfare of redeeming mankind from a Christless hell and redeeming mankind from the hands of the enemy. It is this Jesus who went into battle on our behalf. It is this Christ who they whipped and beat and mocked and spit on and nailed to a cross. It is this Christ who died on the cross, who was buried in a tomb, who got up on the third day with all victory in his hand. It is this Christ who is victorious and therefore anointed as the victor for eternity. He is an eternal God. He is the one who will forever sit on the throne, and, and he is the victor. But don't miss, this, don't miss this latter point. The Lord, he says in verse 10, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth. So that helps me to understand that Jesus was already here before there was a beginning, Jesus already was, which helps me to understand his eternal state. And before there was a beginning and in the beginning, he is the one who laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of his hands. So the very heavens that the angels fly around in, he created the heavens, which helps me to understand that this Jesus who presented a gospel, who fulfilled the law and loved you enough when you were still yet a sinner. This same Christ who was buried in a tomb and rose again on the third day and they will perish. Verse 11, but you remain. They will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up. That's the heavens and the earth. They will be changed, but you are the same. I need you, Katerin, and my listeners to hear my message this morning clearly don't drift from this gospel from the word of God don't drift back into the world don't drift away from the salvation that was paid for and bought for you by the blood of the lamb don't drift away because whatever you drift away to any other thing that you go back to or any other thing that you may acquire along the way it's gonna pass away don't drift from that don't seek another. There's nothing greater than the salvation you have 
Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.